Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Strike Final before the final. It's like it's like the Bachelorette after the final rose kind of thing, but right, in right. many other ways it's not. Um, except not at all. Except not at all. <laughs> in a much more real way, it's no way like that in any way, shape, or form. But it is the same high-quality, highly distributed audio discussion content you guys have been craving. We're trying to give you a little more of it, a little mm-hmm. more info, a little more uh, uh, tactical talk from the genius, the maestro over there. Joe Patrick of Dirty South Soccer. Stop it. Oh, stop it. Never. Never. Demand you to stop. Anyways, I'm Jay Sam Jones of Dirty South Soccer. Like we said, Joe Patrick is right over there. And like we said, welcome to Five Strike Final before the final. Uh, this is a new thing for us, a new little experiment we're trying it out. Seeing if you guys appreciate it. A little extra content, like we said, but a preview show of We need sorts. We need to prepare ourselves to watch the game. So yeah, we figured we record our conversation. Right, exactly, exactly. So this is kind of, it's beneficial for all of us. A mutual beneficial relationship here uh, for everyone. It, hopefully it'll also help us keep us focused uh, if we're in the press box or whatever. And we may, I don't know, forget who has two yellow cards or doesn't. Uh, we clearly we clearly need some more prep. <laughs> we, this is long overdue. This this uh, this kind of, this work. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm excited. We, we dig in dig into a little bit, kind of preview preview the game. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, just more information sitting in the hallway. Uh, hopefully, like we said, y'all appreciate a little bit of talk before the game. Uh, we're just kind of gonna free will it a little bit, especially this first show as we kind of feel things out. Uh, but big game coming up for the Five Stripes here. An interesting stretch. I think for the five stripes with the next two teams they're facing off against uh, Chicago fire team that ended up near the top half of the Eastern conference standings last year, struggled a little bit the first few games for uh, the beginning of this year, uh, but have kind of started to right the ship a little bit. And then of course, after that on Wednesday, a home game against sporting Kansas city, of course, the uh, leaders in the Western conference right now. But of course we're going to focus mostly on the Chicago fire as the five stripes head up to Bridgeview. They say Chicago Fire. It ain't Chicago. It's Bridgeview. Bridgeview, Bridgeview Illinois. Fire. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know. Trip it's up. a weird... So, right off the top, I'm going to say, one of the things that we're going to need to be prepared for, on one of our teams, and our team, and, you know, I'm serious about this, by the way. Like, I'm not trying to totally um, shit-talk Chicago, but uh, we need to be prepared to, like, for to play in a stadium that's kind of... Uh, Chill, chilled out. You know, not that many <laughs> Chill's people there. Chill is a good word for it. Yeah, I mean, real it is. Nice. I've been there before, and it is uh, not like a raucous atmosphere. Yeah, you have to like. I had to take a bus out there. Um, <laughs> it's just like people like chilling out, like not really um, into the game that much. People are just kind of there for a day out. So, no. except you have like ten people just chanting "fire, fire, fire." <laughs> The entire time, so the ultras other than other than yeah. those, yeah, other than the Bridgeview Ultras, um, <laughs> it's going to be a little different atmosphere for us. Yeah, and it, you know, understandably, it can be kind of difficult to to get up for that kind of game. Uh, fortunately, things may be changed enough, I think, uh, tactically for the Five Stripes to keep them interested. I th- we will get into it more, but everyone after that after that little bit, we're totally losing. <laughs> After all the crap we're going to talk about Chicago yeah, yeah. on this, we're definitely <laughs> losing. Sorry to bring that on us. Um, 
But, you know, I, I'm in a good mood. You know, Liverpool's in the Champions League final. And so, you know, I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling real good today, Joe Patrick. I'm feeling really good about this game, too. We'll get you're, ra- you're radiant today. Ah, I, I must splendid. say. I mean, in the best way. Yeah. In the best way. <laughs> um, like we said, there's an interesting Chicago Fire matchup, like we said. Uh, Chicago struggled very much at the beginning of the year. Opening day lost to Sporting Kansas City, a 4-3 loss there. Then they went and lost to Minnesota United. Uh, I want to say that's Minnesota's only win. I can check that real quick in a second, but a 2-1 loss there. I think that's correct. Um, top, drew with Portland next game. Uh, went and beat Columbus, who the jury's still kind of out on Columbus there. Lost to Los Angeles, uh, the Galaxy edition. And then the last two games have, have sort of picked it up a little bit. Uh, 2-1 win against New York Red Bulls there. Uh, and then in comeback against Toronto FC just last week. Uh, down 2 nothing from the get-go for the most part. About 10 minutes in, it's 2 nothing Toronto FC. Uh, and then the hangover from the Champions League kind of kicked in for Toronto. Chicago comes back. Uh, Bastion Schweinsteiger goal in the 70th minute. And then, in the 90th minute, plus stoppage time, about four minutes of stoppage time, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy we didn't realize was still playing in the league <laughs> about two weeks ago and we talked about in the Slack, Alan Gordon with the equalizer to tie things up at 2-2. So a big draw there. Four points in the last two games for Chicago. Alan Gordon is not good, but Alan <laughs> Gordon is magic. Yes. Which counteracts the badness. Exactly. That's special. By the way, Alan totally Gordon wrong. Magic touch. Totally wrong about the Minnesota United. They have three wins this season. So wrong again. <laughs> we give them no respect. <laughs> oh, man. That's brutal. They're gonna. We're not. We're not good at this. Whatever his name is is gonna is gonna hunt us down for not respecting Minnesota United. Mm. Not recognizing they have three wins. Who would have guessed? Who would have known? The the Minnesota trolls. Oh mm-hmm. God, they're the worst. So right now, <laughs> yeah, all the the big internet presence Minnesota has. Anyway, <laughs> right now, anyway, the Fire sitting seventh in the Eastern Conference, eight points from seven games, a negative one goal differential. So far, 11 goals, four, 12 goals against. And that's kind of been a big problem in the scoring department for the Fire. They've had a lot of difficulty, it seems like, uh, mm-hmm. getting on the board. Well, last year, I didn't think they were that good either scoring. They just had Nikolic, who was, well, I, I don't know if it was because it was his first year in the league. Um, teams like didn't quite know how to defend him as well. Uh, I mean, he sure. did have some great... He, he, I just thought he had a ton of tap-ins, and like um, they put balls on a plate for him last year, and he's just not getting those kinds of chances this year. It seems to me, and that's why, like the whole season, I always thought you know there was a big argument about you know who was better, Nikolic or Joseph Martinez, and like to me, it was no question. I mean, Martinez, if you look at the goal per game ratio, Martinez was way better. Uh, Nikolic had the overall leading goals, I think, yeah, for most yeah, of the season because Joseph kind of cut up at the end, but. Um, yeah, like to me, it was no comparison. You just see in their skill. I mean, Nikolic's skill is all kind of off the ball, making a good run, and just like, yeah, getting in a good position. He's almost like a, he's like your classic like fox in the box yeah. poacher type, to me at least. That's what I've that's what I've seen from him. Yeah, and he's been doing well this year to his credit. Now, five goals in seven games for Nikolic. Uh, interesting stat here. He's never uh, in his MLS career, anyways. He hasn't gone back to back regular season games without a goal. Uh, Interesting. So for a while, anyways, for a while, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's from like August of last year is the last time that happened, uh, where he didn't have a goal in back-to-back games. So his record's pretty pretty stellar there. Uh, he's been pretty good 
so far this year. He did score in the last game against Toronto. Uh, so if Atlanta can shut him down, uh, they'll they'll knock him off his perch. A little guess bit who? Are, guess who are Chicago? Or I'm sorry, I'm I'm still on this Minnesota United thing. <laughs> guess who their other two wins are? They have two wins other than oh, Chicago. Oh my gosh. Um. Did they did they have the pleasure of playing Philadelphia or something? No, no. DC. Um, I'll just tell you. Sure. Houston, Houston Dynamo. Oh God, that's right. <laughs> the team that beat us four nothing. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> And then Orlando, so interesting. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, yeah. what? They it lost to Orlando? It's a solid there. Uh, they beat Orlando. I'd, I should have known that, so I can make fun of Orlando more. Um, yeah. Orlando's scary. Sorry, I just, too, but, I just threw yeah. us totally off. I won't talk about Minnesota United again. Are we pivoting to a Minnesota United podcast? <laughs> Welcome back to Loon Talk here on the FSF Radio Network. Um, anyway, let's move on to just some basic things you need to know. About this one, again, uh, Chicago Fire, your opponent. This one will start at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday night. Uh, it's going to be 7.30 their time, I guess, uh, for the reason for the late start there. Uh, and it's going to be on Fox Sports South. There you go. There's everything you need to know. Find it. You can stream it elsewhere. Uh, Fubo TV, I believe, is one we recommend a lot as far as streaming. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you grab it on Go90 as well? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't. Th- I don't think so. Okay. I don't think MLS games only. Only uh, the Concacaf Champions League. I think is on there. Okay. Cool. But um, yeah. And uh, it was interesting. Ponovic, uh, uh, Velko Ponovic, the coach of Chicago Fire, gave us was praising us quite a bit um, to the media previewing this game. I think these quotes were from sometime over the weekend. Um, basically, just saying that you know, Atlanta is a great opponent. Mm-hmm. I guess, et cetera, et cetera. It's nothing you'd really expect. Uh, you're something you wouldn't expect. You wouldn't expect them to come out and say we're trash or anything. But uh, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, they they know that uh, they know that they have uh, tough tests for them this weekend. For sure, for sure. Uh, they'll have most of the full squad. No one suspended. There are a couple of injuries kind of scattered throughout the lineup. The, the biggest loss, I think, uh, is, is Matt Polster, the, the defenseman, who they kind of expected, I think, to be a big part of the team this mm-hmm. year. Got one game in, uh, MCL sprain, so he's out for the next couple months. Uh, at least, mm-hmm. um, which leads us to kind of an interesting back line for Chicago, uh, especially in the center of the park. Uh, they've been dropping back Bastian Schweinsteiger the last few games, it seems like. And it's, yeah. been, uh, it's been interesting to see how they've used him tactically. It seems like in the Toronto game, uh, once they got down 2 nothing, they said, you know what, screw this, we're, we're moving Schweinsteiger up. And he continued to play in more of a forward midfield position the rest of the time and staying back. In uh, their little back five, they have going right now. Kind of reminds me of the way that Toronto has used Michael Bradley. Uh, he's like a you know traditional defensive midfielder, but he's just dropped deeper and deeper to. I think probably it's just like a natural thing when these guys like a Mike, Michael Bradley or uh, Bastian Schweinsteiger, like they're just they're good passers of the ball, and mm-hmm. so they're just going to drop. They're going to keep dropping to get away from pressure and just like to give themselves space. And so I think it's almost kind of. De facto become, uh, yeah, he's pretty much a center back at this point. Maybe like a li- uh, libero or a, yeah. you know, what, whatever they call those guys. They've been like, calling him a sweeper. They, in, a sweeper? Okay. And stuff like that, they've been saying sweeper. It's essentially, you know, he's just going rover and doing... I would call him a libero, things. but that's uh, that's just the football manager player inside yeah. of me. <laughs> of course. Which you never want to do, uh, uh, by the way, if you're playing that game, you'll lose every game. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Joe's just like the tactical just like the Bridgeview Fire is, is something to behold. By the way, dude is yeah, dude is a legend. 
But Chicago this year, it's interesting. Interesting to watch. I haven't watched a ton of them, but um, they are they do function much differently than they did last year, where they had mm-hmm. uh, who was the uh, they had David Akam last year, who was like a huge yeah. provider. Fourteen goals, for, uh, eight assists for David Akam last year. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't know he scored that much. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like a big threat for them uh, and a big provider for Nikolic, and you know he would kind of be like a burner um, playing on a wing. And they just don't have that guy this year, it seems. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they kind of you know go against us without that without that tool in their in their pocket. I know they've got this guy Alexander Katai, who's like a I think he's a yeah. DP. He's like their big signing to mm-hmm. replace Akam. But from what I've heard, he hasn't really done all that much. He had one stunning goal like a couple weeks ago that was amazing that yeah. I saw. Um, but yeah, other Katai, than that, you know, I, they, they've really struggled. That they were kind of expecting him to do a little more coming in. He actually got benched at one point, I think around the Portland game, uh, and then came in as a substitute the next game for about 29 minutes. And, and since then, uh, he's been kind of worked back in Atlanta. But just two goals, no assist for Katai so far. And that's kind of the big question with this team is where the goals come to come from if it's not Nikolic doing Nikolic things and just getting kind of easy tap-ins. Um, looking at their possession stats, where they're – holding the ball most of the time. Uh, they're in the, the middle of the park a lot is where most of the action is going on for them. Uh, time on the ball in the opponent's third, the opponent's final third, is some of the worst in the league for the Chicago Fire. They're 19th in the league in possession in the final third. Uh, so there's not spent a whole lot of time there, which isn't to say that you can't create uh, from those kind of things. New York City has the same rate of possession in the final third. It's about 25% of the game is spent in the opponent's final third. Uh, but they're creating more shots. They're creating about four more shots per game. Chicago only creating about 10 shots per game, uh, which is, you know, around 12th in the league, or 20th in the league, rather. Excuse me. Uh, but, again, Nikolic, very good converter. Uh, 11 goals per game is 12th in the league. So when they're getting chances, they're converting because Nikolic is, is so good at, at doing right. that. You know? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. It, it, it seems like they're a team that just, when they score or when they go forward, they do it really quickly. Um, they're not going to, you know, dilly dally about. They're going to, yeah, mm-hmm. get Nikolic. They're going to try to play him in as quick as possible and uh, to create a scoring chance for them um, based on those possession numbers. That's what it seems like, and I guess it makes sense considering their personnel. And when you and when you're in a five-three-two like that, you know, we call a lot of these teams a three-five-two, but yeah, this team seems to be definitely more defensive in this regard, and it definitely seems more like a five-three-two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you just think they're going to be pretty narrow. All their play is going to come through the middle, and they're going to be pretty direct. Like, uh, and when I say direct, I don't mean like necessarily passing it long, but just like passing it like directly towards goal uh, a lot of the time when they're when they when they create good chances, right? And that's one thing Joseph Martinez does well also is, you know, making those run, those penetrating runs uh, between the center backs. I know that's something him, he and Nikolic both excel at. That's, they're kind of some of the best in the league at doing that. Yeah. And they're going to try to dispossess you in the middle of the park, too. It's going to be kind of centered around gaining possession in the middle of the field. Of course, in the middle, uh, you got Dax McCarty sitting there. Um, you've got Muhammad Adams, who is a new insertion into this lineup. He's a 21-year-old rookie. Uh, from England, played at Syracuse. He is the freaking truth. Uh, have you seen Have you seen Mo play yet? I have, no, I have not. Okay, Mo Adams has been getting a lot of acclaim the last couple of games uh, just for his performance as a defensive midfielder. Um, kind of paired into two, I think, with Dax um, is what they've been saying. Uh, seven okay. and a half tackles per game in his first two starts in MLS, wow. <laughs> <laughs> which is 
which is just absurd. Um, he's they've got a nice little highlight clip of uh, highlight film of him on MLS.com where he's just wrecking people. He, he's he's fun <laughs> to watch right now. It, it, we'll see if people kind of start to figure him out, of course, after a little while. But right now, Mo Adams, a lot of fun to watch for the Chicago Fire, um, and just a lot of people in the, the their best defensive talents seem to be in the middle of the park. And like you said, they're going to try mm-hmm. to dispossess us there. Uh, they're going to try mm-hmm. to keep Almiron and Martinez in check in the middle of the park. And uh, from there, go extremely direct. So that's going to be the challenge for, for Parkhurst and Leandro and co. Uh, to just kind of defend those direct attacks as soon as possession switches. Yeah. Well, let's just go right into into our plan. Like, what, what do you expect from us? Like, Personally, I see this could be a very boring game. We've, yeah. we've already talked about it. All these like defensive players they have that are basically meant to just destroy anything good and just in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. I just see I could see this being a real, a real, uh, just a real bore. And you know, these, yeah. when you play on the road, it's so hard. Anyway, um, we saw it last season. Obviously, our road form obviously this year has been much better, except for the one game in Houston. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I could just see it being uh, really, really ugly. I don't yeah. know about you. Yeah, no, that, that could be exactly right. It could just be suffocated the entire time. Um, and we could have difficulty breaking them down. They could just be hoping for a flute goal off a counter uh, the entire time. Um, it, it's interesting, of course, we'll have a full arsenal in this one. Everyone's back. There's not really anyone who's, who's going to be out due to injury. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is really, really exciting. It'd be very interesting to see what we do in that regard. I'm, I'm thinking we'll be a little more attack-minded uh, just because we know Chicago is going to sit back. We know Chicago is going to try to be defensive. Uh, so I imagine we'll see a 4-3-3. Uh, would you agree with that at least? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think this is the week that we do make the switch. I think they're so defensive. Um, I just think that that's the natural thing for us to do. And I, here's the thing. People, uh, people will disagree. Uh, we we were, we were talking about this in our Dirty South Soccer Slack channel earlier this week or uh, earlier today. Um, and you know, you you, you want to say that you know, well, with Chicago has two center uh, strikers, it makes sense for us to just keep the three center backs. That's pretty much the standard working theory: is that you want to have you know that extra man at the back. So mm-hmm. if you're going up up against a single striker, you want to play two because you have the one guy marking them in the in the extra man. Then you know, obviously, with if you're going against two strikers, you want the three. Um, I like I agree with that in principle, but I don't think that it applies like so black and white here. I think okay. that it's more of uh, a strat- an overall strategy of how aggressive you want to be in the game. And I think that if you go with a four three three, yes, your your center backs might have times during the game where they're exposed, um, and you know that that might create uh, you might give up a goal because of it. To be honest, um, but is it worth it? to have the advantages you're going to get on the other end by doing so. And I think, yes, I think it is worth it. I think that in this kind of a game, we've already, like we've said, we've talked about all their destroyers. I think that it makes sense for us to want to push the envelope and uh, really be going for those goals in this game. Because I think otherwise we would see something similar to what we saw in the first half of Montreal, where we just go up against a brick wall and we don't really find any space to work in. So yeah. that, that that's why I would that's why I, I would I would do that. And I think that also, you know, just tactically just to get into it a little bit, if you're playing a four through three, you have real you have true wingers. And what those wingers can do is they can press Chicago's they can like pin Chicago's fullbacks back 
And by doing that, then you have you open up a lot more time on the ball for your own fullbacks to work. Um, and who knows, maybe J- Julian Gressel, if you start him at right back, he would have a lot of time and space in the game to swing in crosses. So um, I just think it, tactically it makes sense, and I think it's just worth the risk of, of, of doing it. Yeah, I think I was going to mention this at some point in the show. It kind of leads in nicely. But I think Gressel's going to be huge, uh, especially attacking down the wings. Like we said, it's going to be cluttered in the middle. So, so getting Gressel going... Getting Tito back is going to be just phenomenal. Like you said, mm-hmm. uh, stretching the stretching the defense out, getting in behind, making runs, and providing pressure on the wings. Uh, if we do go 4-3-3, it'll be our first glimpse of Zeke on the wing, which I'm really excited about, especially him cutting in and uh, Joseph and Tito making runs in behind, whoever else making runs in behind. Um, and it's, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. We're going to have to stretch them and go wide a lot, I think. And that's exactly. What you're I mean, part of the reason I want, I hope we go four three three is just because I want to see us with all these guys in. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, like sure. it's just like pure, like pure, just self. You know, mm-hmm. just for my own enjoyment of the game. Um, I hope that's what Tata does. But yeah. he's ballsy. He'll do it for sure. I've, I have I have faith in Tata. He'll he'll do the right thing. Yeah. If things get too hectic, we've got a fully loaded bench. Of course, you know Kevin Kratz will make his contractually obligated appearance, but then you can bring in. Uh, Franco Escobar, if, if Gressel mm-hmm. needs a spell, we need to go to more defensive. Um, and, you know, Tata's obviously shown uh, no aversion to making big-time subs as early as possible. And that's a good, that's a really good point. You know, what if we, maybe we get a goal early, like, let's say, like, in the first half, we're up one nothing. Maybe then you bring on that third center back and you go back to a three-five-two to give them less room, you know, you bring in that extra security uh, and we showed that we're capable of kind of switching the, the tactics up uh, mid-match like we did in Montreal. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, it's been tale of uh, two kind of ends with us against uh, Chicago. Of course, the first game last year against Chicago. Uh, was it the first win in team history? I think it might have been. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was. No, yeah, well, the first no. home win, first home win. Uh, that's right, would have been the it. first win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Team came back and, and just put on a clinic. Uh, Shafire went down to ten minutes. Minnesota, Minnesota worked themselves back into this, <laughs> yeah. back into the H dad. Gosh, funny how that happens. Loon talk is going to be huge up in, in Duluth, <laughs> though. Like people are going to be feeling this. Um, no, it, the fire go down to ten men, and then at that point, we completed literally the most passes in a game in MLS history. I think for the rest of yeah. that, just an yeah. absolute. We're out. Chicago four nothing. Uh, Bobby died. I think- Leandro Gonzalez Perez had like 120 completed passes <laughs> yeah. in that game. It's incredible. Um, and then, of course, we went up to Chicago. I think in July, and then lost two nothing there. Uh, just yeah. couldn't quite figure things out. And again, it was just kind of a boring Saturday afternoon game where just nothing probably, seemed to matter. Probably one of our worst performances oh, of the season. So bad. I would say. So you know, if we come out flat again like that, we could see a, a very similar thing where they, they swipe a couple goals and we just kind of look stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. Fortunately, of course, we're in very good form. Uh, six wins and a draw in the last seven games. 18 points for the Five Stripes, their best run of form in a club history. Uh, limited club history, of course, but still they've been incredible over the last seven games. And it's kind of hard to see them falling off too much, you know. Yeah, it seems like it's hard to predict they're going to lose until it actually happens. You know, at this point, like, how do you how do you predict them to us to lose at this point? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. We'll get to our predictions in a little bit. Uh, but first, we're going to move on to our hate watch, I guess we'll call it. I don't know <laughs> what we need. We need a name for it. But we want to give you some fire, some fuel to the fire, at least, uh, to hate the fire. Joe Patrick. Well done. Thank you. 
<laughs> I try. Joe Patrick, give us a reason to uh, hate either the city of Chicago or the team that's out there in Bridgeview. Yeah, I just went with the city. Uh, okay. Do you hate rats? I'm apathetic. I hate, go I, hate, I hate rats. Rats are gross. And... Uh, yeah, Chicago has a ton of them. They're like notorious for having the really? worst rap, one of the worst rat problems in the United States. Yeah, they have they actually hired dog, they like train dogs to kill them. Um, they like go, <laughs> they're like hound. Yeah, yeah. They like sent. Dude. They had like a big. Uh, they had like a big campaigns, not the right word, but like they had like a big thing a couple years ago. It was like really bad, and they had to get all these hounds out in the streets and uh, killing all the rats. They're doing yeah, it wrong. They got a major infestation there. They need to go to like Dallas, Georgia. Be like, hey y'all, we got a contest for you. Whoever bags the most rats <laughs> gets some kind of prize. I don't know, UGA season tickets, something. Uh, but but, ta- <laughs> but take all these rednecks up there, you know, and get them up there and, and, and shoot. Just let them go wild on these rats. They're doing it yeah. wrong. Trade with dogs. Guns. Dogs can't I've, do what five rednecks can do. Come on. I've, kill, I've killed my fair share of rats in the day. You just get a get a yeah. pellet gun. Get a, oh, you know, get get enough get enough pumps in there to get uh-huh. you know, make sure make sure it kills it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. Good to know. Wow. This talk is good shop. graphic. <laughs> just talking shop is all we're doing. <laughs> Nothing weird happening here. <laughs> all right. I was. It was. It was. It's environmentally friendly. All right. The, the, these things are. These things are pests. They're rodents. You want to get rid of them. All right. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. Speaking yeah. of things, I want to get rid of. I want to get rid of. The notion that the expansion team Chicago Fire was in any way the best expansion team of all time. I'm sure, they won the MLS Cup, but it was against the JV team, the well, like the middle school JV team that was MLS <laughs> at that point in 1998. Yeah. Um, I mean, just absolute legends of the game, like Tim Stevens and. Roger Mayock and these could be real people. You don't know. You don't know who's playing there. Um, <laughs> these guys all tuck their shirts in. Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, but Bob Bradley, who was the coach, still seems to think they were really great. No, wrong. They would have gotten thrashed by by Philadelphia at this point. Uh, it, have you Have you seen the video that's been going making the rounds again? It was by uh, one of uh, one of a, a great follow um, in MLS circles, MLSist. Oh, yeah. uh, Paulo mm-hmm. Pablo Maurer, he uh, he was retweeting some old, uh, what do you call it, like marketing campaign, marketing material for like really old MLS teams. Sure. And one of them, we'll share it. I'll share it from the uh, from the Five Stripe Final Twitter account. One was of the Chicago Fire 1998 team, and it's like Bob Bradley narrating this like epic, <laughs> it's like epic commercial. It's like a TV commercial to like buy season tickets. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. What would be the impetus to even go out and see the 1998 MLS deal? Well, those sweet, uh, the shootouts they used to have where they would do the run up. Yeah, to, that uh, is, you know, those are incredible. It's amazing. It's like hockey playoffs essentially. Yeah. Out there. Um, Minnesota's sad that they don't do that still. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Shout out Adam Banks, by the way. The, <laughs> <laughs> the legendary Mighty Duck, Adam Banks. Mm-hmm. Mm. Also, let's talk about their stupid name, which is stupid. The Fire. The Fire. For those of you that don't know. And Why like, they, so they, they named themselves after something that destroyed them. Yes. For those of you that don't know, in like 1898 or something, a cow kicked over a lamp in like a barn. And... <laughs> 
the lantern, which, you know, no electricity, it's like actual fire, catches some hay on fire, burns the city down, essentially. They call it the Great Chicago Fire. Uh, and so when they were coming up with a team name, they named themselves after a thing that burnt down the entire city. It's like it's like Tokyo in a world where Godzilla exists, getting destroyed by Godzilla <laughs> and renaming their baseball team like the Tokyo Giant Lizards. Like, what the hell? What do you do in Chicago? I mean, that would be like us naming ourselves the fire. That would be just so it's stupid. stupid. The, the, the Atlanta yeah. Shermans or something like that. Like, it seems <laughs> yeah. it seems counterintuitive. What a dumb name. Anyway, speaking of dumb things, let's go around the league in this dumb league and see what's been going on. Uh, for those of you that missed it, trade deadline, transfer deadline, whatever you want to call it, closed last night. No, it's slammed window. shut. It's slammed, it's slammed shut. shut. Okay. <laughs> well, then. well then, some big names at least moving around, though, uh, at least going out to the West Coast. The biggest, of course, uh, Lee Wynn from Lee Nguyen, I think, from New England. Who, of course, the revolution, we talked about a bit them today, them a bit today. Uh, if you want to find out more about the New England Revolution, hit up revolutionsoccer.net. No joke, that's their, that's their actual team site, is, is a .net domain name. It's incredible. Right, right before this, I tried going to revolutionsoccer.com. And it's just, it's nothing. It's just a broken link. Like, like Robert Kraft. What are they doing? Out what is for, going on? For like a GoDaddy-like.com yeah. like domain. It's like $99 or something. Good Lord. Um, anyway, he's going out to LAFC because what they needed was more attacking firepower. Yeah. Um, it seems kind of a, a strange move on their part in some regard. But also, if you take into account that Marco, or what's it, or Marco Arrhenia, is that it? Yeah. Um, is, well, if Lee Wynn was enough, they went out and got this uh, Adame Diamande guy from Norway who's a striker. Yeah. So they got two attacking players yeah. on deadline day. So because I guess they just didn't, they just felt like they needed, they needed more. Yeah. Not not exactly like a, a precision move from LAFC. They're just trying to the bludgeon teams to death. Like if they were they just, if, if they were trying to hunt a bunch of rats in the city of Chicago, they would just use a bazooka and like say <laughs> screw it. Like we're just gonna take them all out at once. You know, damn yeah. the consequences. They, they've got all that expansion money. They don't know what to do with it. I don't. I don't think it like it doesn't roll over. It's like spent. Like use it or lose it. Yeah. So, so might as well. Might as well more yeah. attacking fire. Buy shiny toys. Um, yeah. There was another big trade. Uh, big Sam, trade to Sam Nicholson uh, from Minnesota. Swap for Eric Miller of Colorado. Are those real people? I guess I don't know, uh, but it's definitely a thing that happened. Um, they are very MLS names. God. Very MLS names. Seattle football has a great bit he does just on the Slack. I'm trying to get him to talk more. Uh, we need to get him on the show at some point. But where he does yeah. lacrosse player or MLS player <laughs> and just starts throwing in <laughs> names. And I can never tell. I can never, <laughs> ever tell. Um Anyway, go and my favorite. He he one time said that you know the best the best MLS name the most MLS name in the league is Keegan Rosenberry, <laughs> which is totally true. I love that one. Also, I'm a big fan of Teal Bunbury because yeah. it's like he just kind of looked around the room and saw something teal and then saw like a bun <laughs> and then a berry. Um, it's like all right, Teal Bunbury. That's that's my real name for sure. Um, we won't see Teal this weekend. I don't think. I don't think New England's playing anybody, but. We do have the Hudson River Derby uh, going on this weekend, which should be interesting, uh, especially kind of in the, the scheme of Eastern Conference things. You know. What a clever, what a clever rivalry name! It's solid. It's solid. We we need a good one for our all all our rivalries that we definitely have. 
I like geographic-based rivalry names. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, that's got... Cascadia Cup. That's oh, great. Yeah. Speaking of rivalries, uh, guys, look out for Orlando. Five straight wins for Christ uh, and Co. down there. Uh, they've been playing very, very well, question mark? I don't know. Like, Well, like they've been winning, so I guess that's good, but, yeah. you know... They never seem that convincing. No, nah, never. So ever. Yeah. I don't know what to make of them. And I enjoy hate watching Orlando, so I catch more of them probably than any other team that's not us. You know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just never. It never quite seems like they've done anything special. They've just kind of had Dwyer thump in a couple, like accidentally, and they've been able to to string together a few nice wins here. Um, speaking of Orlando being near the top of the table, do you know who was in first place uh, last year after eight games, like Atlanta United? Was uh, the um, games. I kind of gave it away already. It was Orlando. Orlando had 18. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Orlando was in first place at that point. Oh, um, my gosh. So they completely collapsed after that. But, you know, we can't get too confident of ourselves looking back on last year and going, okay, Orlando was first in Supporters Shield after eight games. We were first yeah. in Supporters Shield after eight games. Uh, so what happens now? <laughs> well, you know, Atlanta United's next, like, our, I think it's our next four games, I think, are really interesting. We've got this one, and then Sporting Kansas City, mm-hmm. who has a good record. Um, that's all I'm willing to say about them at this point. Uh, and then we have got Orlando, obviously, a big match there. And then I've got, we've got the game I'm most interested in, mm-hmm. more so than Orlando. Orlando's going to be intense as hell, and don't get me wrong, I'm super excited for it. But I can't wait for when we play the Red Bulls. Yeah. Because they are like by far the highest pressing team in the league. They they press opponents um, like way way more than anyone else. So I'm really intrigued to see what they do when we play them. Yeah, super excited um, to kick all of Jesse Marsh's players intentionally. Uh, oh right, from, that's right. You know, from yeah. direct orders from Tata. <laughs> yeah. uh, what a, what a, shouting from the touchline, telling what him a the prick. Get out of here, Jesse Marsh. <laughs> um, yeah, no, really interesting string of games, and then we get a nice little respite uh, after we get past Red Bulls, New England, and Philadelphia. Right for that, so uh, we're gonna learn a lot about ourselves here. We're gonna, we're going on, we're going on a little journey, going on yeah. a little journey. Gonna learn a whole lot about this. Yeah, team and I'm really excited games. for these midweek games too. Uh, mm-hmm. There, that's always fun, you know. Just game after game, just it seems like, it, and then you go a week and a half later, and you just look back like, what the hell happened? Yeah. And hopefully we hopefully we will have won some games at that point, but we will see. Speaking of winning games, Joe Patrick, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go ahead and get our predictions for this one tomorrow again, eight thirty Eastern Time, the start time. That'll be on Fox Sports South. Late night for Chicago Fire. Joe Patrick, give us a call. I will go with uh, I will go with a very ugly two one win. All right. All right, I'm going about the same. I'm going to say 3-1. I think we're able to, to break them down on the wings pretty easily uh, and just start, you know, cutting in from the wing and make things happen. Gressel's going to be huge. Tito's back. Everything's going to be great. We're going to get out of there with the win and keep doing yeah. really, really well on the road. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Sounds good to us. That's going to wrap it up here on Five Strike Final before the final, after the final rose behind the Five Strike Final music. Uh, Joe Patrick, if you have any good, if you have any good names for that for for this show, the, <laughs> yeah, really, let us know if you have any clever like bef- you know before the final or something. You know, that's kind of what we've gone with now as a working title. But yeah. if you got anything good, you know, hit us up on at, on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's gonna wrap it up here. Y'all have an excellent couple of days. We'll catch you again after we beat the fire on Saturday. Bye, y'all. See ya.